All right. Anyway, the power of dog. Did you even like it? Well, are we going to start? Yeah. Did you like it? <laughs> oh, oh, it's we're recording. Yeah, I've been recording for like the past 5 minutes. Oh, okay. Um well, yeah, okay. So, should we like introduce ourselves? No. Hey, no. No. No, no. no just just flow. <laughs> Did he leave? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that was me closing off the the Netflix stream. Oh. Um you don't want to do an introduction or anything. No. Okay. Um, well, hi. My name's Jake. Great. Thank you, Jake. How much alcohol uh, did you drink this week? I've been sober for a long time. <laughs> I know. Um, okay, so yeah, I think the way that we should do this is that, like, we give our initial thoughts, just, like, real baseline stuff, then go through, like, a quick summary of it, and as we talk about events, we'll just give our thoughts about it. I, that was kind of what I had imagined. Yeah, that's fine. That sound good. So I guess I can start. So, no, I feel I, like I feel like it's uh, a movie that you wouldn't necessarily watch, had we not, not said. at all. Literally not at all. So I I came into this movie with no I I didn't spoil myself. I didn't watch a trailer. I didn't do anything. This was just a movie that you had recommended, Ethan. And so I was like, okay, fuck it. I'm just gonna sit down on eight a or eight p.m. on like a Saturday night and just watch it, you know, or like Thursday night. Yeah. And I go in right, and the first thing I see for the movie is the movie description, which is, uh, if I can pull this up, if I can pull this up. See, this is like a movie that Aiden and I would actually watch because it's slower, and I don't think. Aiden would necessarily watch it because it's slower, but Aiden likes time period pieces. Really? So, I feel like that's I mean, kind of, sort of, but, like, this compared to Hateful Eight or something. I'm watching Hateful Eight, you know? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, that was a good movie. Okay, so, when I, so, I like I said, no, I had no previous knowledge about this. I go in, and I see that the Netflix description of this is a domineering but charismatic rancher wages a war of intimidation on his brother's new wife and her teen son until long hidden secrets come to light so <laughs> sounds like a book in barnes and noble that i would pick up read the back of and then like angrily throw down like you know this is a book though right this yeah, is a yeah, book yeah. from like 1964 67 yeah yeah um, I... so i read that do you know what my first thought was when i hear that long hidden secrets come to light do you know what my first thought was long hidden secrets come to light no yeah. i don't he's gay like i i went into the movie thinking benedict cumberbatch's character is gay so you predicted right? that before the movie even happened yeah because here's my thought process behind it right what's um what's a modern theme that would have been controversial you know in 1925 cowboy montana right like what what hits both of those on the head that would be so shocking to everyone and i was like he's gay it's obvious he's gay there's no there's no wife mentioned there's kirsten dunce who is uh you know we we see that she's a female character but we don't see like two wives in this so immediately my head i'm just screaming to myself as i hear benedict cumberbatch in his doctor strange voice right like i can't get past that for his american accent he sounds exactly like he would be for doctor does strange. he actually like i have not even i didn't even think of that when i was i think so but his exact cadence um but i'm going literally my head is just screaming to me he's gay he's gay he's gay he's gay and then we get to, you know, I'll, when we describe, like, the summary of things later, I'll, I'll go more into it. But, like, I as soon as I see 
that scene in the river and when peter finds like the male physique magazines i'm like okay well there we go 30 <laughs> minutes into the movie there's the big secret yeah. and then nobody cares no, no literally no. like it's not a big thing well, no, it doesn't come out it doesn't actually come out all right so let's let's start at the beginning yeah well um, so those were my initial thoughts what do you think for ethan and aiden what do you what were your guys initial thoughts about the movie did you guys like know anything about it beforehand did you know it was a book did you watch the trailer? No, I didn't read. Like, I didn't read. The, obviously, I didn't read the book. I didn't watch a trailer whatsoever. I didn't read the intro to the 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 uh, actual show. Um, I was blind going into it, so it was just like I I had no knowledge that even something like that was gonna happen. I thought he was just gonna, you know, terrorize the kid because that's how it starts off anyway. Mm -hmm. Um. And everything was just kind of it. It kind of had an odd storyline to it, where it was just bouncing around from like you don't. If if you approached it like I approached it, you don't know what the actual storyline is going to be whatsoever. Because you kind of get the gist that you're going to follow Benedict, but then little things happen very quickly. So I can I mean after after Aiden, you know says his response we could go over the the details of it but yeah it was pretty homosexual um <laughs> great thank you <laughs> i honestly disagree with you there i if i'm being honest no 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 it wasn't it really wasn't because he was trying to act like he he wasn't gay at all the entire time i'm trying to keep it hidden um but ethan you described it to me before i watched it so i was expecting him to be you know yeah but other and... than that no yeah, I don't think it, I don't think I was even like that. Almost didn't feel like the main aspect of the of the movie until I know, I, when sorry, when the scene happened. You? Yeah, I was just gonna say like like I said, it goes like thirty minutes into the movie, they reveal it, and then the story just keeps going on, you know. And then towards the end of it, you know, the last like twenty minutes where you're talking to Peter in the barn, or no, no, it's when they're outside and they're doing um. You know, they're trying to tie the, whatever that was, the pleat, the pleated rope. Yeah. The, um, the, yeah, the lasso. The, what is it? The cow's the whip? Uh, hide. It no, I think something. it was just rope. I think he was just braiding rope. I think it's one of the, you know, those things like you, um, it attaches to like the front of the horse and that's where you like hold on with one hand. I think that's what it is to help steer the horse. Mm. Uh, but sorry, I interrupted. <sighs> that makes sense. Okay, so let, let's let's start from the beginning, right? So, you know, Benedict Cumberbatch is, what is his name? Phil? Phil. Yeah, we're so, 19, this is Montana, 1925. Benedict right. Cumberbatch's character, Phil, like, immediately establishes that. He's like, you know what? It's been uh, 25 years since 1900-nothing. Yeah, you know? since, since Bronco Harris died. Henry. And Bronco Henry. <laughs> Oh, by the way, I looked up how many Broncos there are in the U.S., and there was eight born in 2020. There are still people naming their children Bronco. <laughs> uh, they're big car fans, I guess. What do you mean? Like a Ford Bronco? Well, the Bronco, the Ford Bronco comes from the horse. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, I feel like people aren't going to name it after the horse. They're going to name it after the car named after the horse. <laughs> now, it depends where they live. Because if they're in Montana, yeah. if you have a Bronco, that's totally after a horse. But mm -hmm. if you're living in New York City, it's like, my kid's name's Bronco, and he likes soy lattes in the morning. That's definitely after the car. 
well then i'm gonna hit that person that's annoying <laughs> what you mean um but yeah so we're in 1925 montana we're following these two brothers phil and george burbank as they're like driving cattle um somewhere i don't know if they're selling them or not so i got confused because it kind of hopped around between um what's kirsten dunst's uh, character rose rose, rose. It, it hopped between her house and then all of a sudden they've moved into benedict cumberbatch's parents and her husband parent parents house well so initially i believe it starts off with their like the burbank house that phil and george are in that's their own house i don't think the parents house is ever included because you see from the train station right like right. they come, come in. into the area um but yeah so we start off with this like cattle drive uh we meet phil and george who immediately like the dynamic between them is super weird right phil is calling george like a fatso he's calling him stupid he's doing all of these things um so already george i feel talk george doesn't talk for like most of the movie <laughs> he really doesn't yeah. you're right he had like six words. lines it's yeah. not a story about him at all even though like he's with um he's with rose like yeah. you know they're supposed to be like the main love interest but i don't even feel like it's like that but so we see them talking and then we we switch to the like bed and breakfast slash inn slash restaurant that rose and her son peter um are are working at and like that's their business we see peter uh his first thing is he's making these like paper he's, roses he's very artistic right off the bat and benedict Cumberbatch just comes in he's like look how gay these flowers are and lights it on fire <laughs> <laughs> he's like don't worry buddy i'm secretly gay and then that's like the whole first scene and peter just like cries yeah like, so oh, like boy. they they get there and already peter and rose like they have this weird dynamic right like they don't seem like too lovey-dovey they call each other by their first names which i don't know that's a personal thing but it's weird if you're like hey rose hey peter like it's a weird dynamic to set up but that's just that's like personal experience you know um but phil and george's group they come in they're a little rowdy like phil notices uh the paper flowers that peter's put on the table um and he's just like belittling him he's making fun of him eventually he lights it on fire remember that he uses it to like um light his cigarette and then dumps extinguishes it in the water uh and then rose like angrily you know fucking uh like takes all the flowers away yeah and then george goes in there he's like why are you crying why are you crying <laughs> and then uh, they're uh, married yeah. so <laughs> like in one scene he's he like comes okay you you my brother upset your kid he was crying because of his flowers because of his nice art you want to get married Peter gets like, super one upset. Shot. leads to the funniest scene of the movie in my opinion do you guys remember what i'm talking about peter runs out of the kitchen it's dark at night how do you know do you remember yes. how he like channels his, yes. his frustration <laughs> aggressively cool <laughs> he's aggressive. Dude, i literally my mind immediately i started laughing out loud this, <laughs> It reminds me of the scene in It, like, especially just for some reason, the camera movement, where he's doing, like, that dance, and the camera's, like, really, it's, like, it's, like, uh, stabilized on him. Yeah. For some reason, that just, like, happened. It was the, the funniest thing that I've ever seen. Uh, he can't, he can't stop getting bullied, because then the little girl just walks up and just stares at him, too, like, what the <laughs> hell are you doing? Even the little girl who should be hula hooping is, like making fun of him for i didn't doing even it. notice there was a girl there because i was like what the fuck is this kid she just, doing she just walked up and stared at him for like 10 seconds and he like looks at her and stops hula hooping ah, that's great dude i'm 
I love this. Yeah, yeah, I'm watching it right now. <laughs> it's just so. It's. I love how short this scene is too. It shouldn't warrant a lot of time, but yeah, that little girl stares at him, and he just stops. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm a grown adult. He's like 18. Peter's like 18. He he uh, is right because he goes to college. Well, I. The thing is, I don't. In between, so so the movie's broken up into those sections, like it's, I think like it's five or like five chapters, or six, whatever. something like that. I don't know much how much time jumps between each chapter, because in chapter one it ends with like that hula hooping scene, I think, where Peter's upset, and then the beginning of chapter two, uh, Kirsten Dunst and George are like either at the end of dating or like engaged i can't remember when that exactly happens but it was like a huge gap in time unless they're going the you know the 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 route in which you're you find nobody near you and you just marry whoever's closest to you that kind of game yeah they're in the middle of you know the middle of montana like there's not a lot of a lot and a lot of pickings for the most part i think though that like things maybe are like a year to a year and a half right because i think when peter comes back from college and spends time at the ranch i feel like maybe he's been there for like a year six months maybe it's like a summer break sort of thing because yeah, he has those legit drawings of yeah the... like medical textbooks yeah he has the medical textbooks and then he has his own drawings of of things like he continued his art you know yes yeah um, and so another thing to note, and we'll get there eventually, but Peter and Rose, Rose is a widow. Her husband was Joseph Gordon, who was a local physician. And so Peter's following in his footsteps. Um, but, uh, like we'll, we'll go on with that in a little bit. So yeah, we find that, uh, George and Rose start to develop a friendship, George, or more than a friendship, I should say. Um, they're, you know. They start to get a little closer. Also, weirdly enough, what was that? Sorry, good. Weirdly enough, before that, um, like George and Phil, uh, they're both, they're both, they both sleep in their childhood bedroom together in separate beds. Oh, did I did see that? I was like, what is happening? They're both like plank position, upside down, staring at the ceiling, just like shoulder to shoulder. They do that 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 thing that like guys that are afraid of like you know even remotely being called gay do, where one guy is above the covers and one's below the covers. <laughs> and I was, was just like, like uh, honestly, it was like um, when we went to Disney and Chris and Josh slept in the same bed, and Chris rolled over onto Josh, <laughs> and Josh would have to pinch Chris to get him off. This is like a two hundred pound man on like a one hundred and ten one hundred and ten pound kid like soaking wet. Not no 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 don't use man and kid. They're both the same age. <laughs> They're both eighteen. Uh, They're both yeah, yeah. So we went to like just a background. We both went to Disney and on like a school trip and we had to sleep, you know, side by side with a person of our same gender and we had friends, one Chris, one Josh, who one of them was probably 200 pounds, you know, bigger guy, 6'1", maybe. And then Josh was 5'4", 130 pounds. And <laughs> Chris would, like, I don't know if he slept walker or what, what, whatever he did, but he would just roll over and try to murder Josh in his sleep and just <laughs> crush the child. 
<laughs> and I can't get away from saying child. I guess we were children in, in high school, but um, that was that, that was great. Anyway. Um, so we see that uh, after after this weird scene, like after that night when uh, George apologizes to Rose for Phil's behavior, the next day he goes in and he just kind of like chills in the kitchen with Rose where he's like, hey, I'm really sorry. And she's got some like rowdy customers. And he's like, you know what? I'll help. I'll help out. You know, he like puts the little wine drip towel over his arm. And I guess that's the start of their beautiful friendship. Meanwhile, you cut to the nighttime and Phil is just playing the banjo in his bed. He's like waiting. It's it's a weird dynamic where Phil and George like it, it seems like Phil always wants to be in the company of George and George just kind of like tolerates it. I feel like there's not a lot of like compassion or like intimacy is not the right word, but you know, there's not the sort of brotherly love between them because they're, they're completely different people, right? Like Phil is like super charming or no, he's not charming. Actually, that's the the complete opposite of that. Yeah, but that I would not. There's no adjective. He's no full of close to charming that would describe. He's full Phil. of emotion, right? He he gets very mad. He's got ways he wants to do certain things, but he's intelligent, right? We learn a little later that he actually went to Yale for college. Um, I don't think. Sorry to go back to your other point. I don't think he necessarily wants Phil. Or he necessarily wants George to be around him all the time. I think he just wants him to like be more like Phil, like like himself. Because yeah. he, he gets he... pissed like when he says that he married uh, Grace, not Grace Rose. Rose, my bad. When he says that he married Rose, um, he gets like pissed, like super angry immediately. And I think he just wants a brother that's gonna work as hard as him and help out yeah, more. Yeah, on the, on the same same ideals because I think I can't remember if they both grew up under bronco harris henry henry um, bronco henry, so why bronco do I call henry him is like a friend slash mentor you know but like did did both george and uh phil grow up learning from bronco or was it more of uh phil i was under that impression but i felt like um i felt like phil you know this was the life he's more suited towards or like he he preferred it a lot more, you know. Like this kind of seemed like his job was his life. Well, he while he, George he not only had that like emotion, like um, that teacher to um, student oh. connection with with Bronco that maybe George had, but he also had the sexual emotional background that clearly George did not, you know, partake in. So. The other thing too is what's the kid's name? Peter. Peter. Yeah. Peter. Uh, the other thing is like, I feel like Phil sees that Peter is going more towards what George is as well, mm. and then he kind of steers him towards his own path and tries to teach him a bunch of stuff. And then yeah, there's like weird tension between them. But yeah, I don't know. well, there's the so there's the the, the preconceived notion that. Uh, Peter could possibly be gay because he doesn't like he doesn't out uh, Phil when he finds the the uh, sexual magazines the pornos and stuff in Phil's (laughs) or in uh, yeah Phil's secret hiding spot Um, so but it it never it like alludes to it so he could have he could have been gay but he could have also just been 
understanding of of phil's like uh quote unquote like separate path or, or whatever he was taking um i think a lot of characters at least in in the in the movie kind of think that phil could swing that way you know there's that scene where like they're in a giant camp and then where phil initially like attaches on the peter it's like peter i'm gonna make you this this thing right and everyone's like uh everyone's like whistling at him and they're like don't that don't that boy at, you know like something peter. with his pants at peter yeah something yeah. with his pants where it's like why are his pants like that they're like either they're not like starched enough or like they're in a certain way that looks a little effeminate i guess but um yeah he had the really tight jeans or something like that but the 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 scene that was most convincing to me is right before the down like the the series of events that lead to phil's death uh it's that weird like cigarette scene where the first time we see peter smoking a cigarette and he like gives it to phil and then they're making like direct eye contact and then Phil puffs it, gives it back to Peter. Peter puffs it again. I, f- I felt like that was some weird, like, like that could have been like that, a sort of like yeah. weird acknowledgement. That's you know? the hint right there that Peter also swings that way. Also, just this totally broke me out of the movie when I saw that though, where it's like, you can tell that they're using like fake cigarettes. I thought Peter was gonna cough when he took that first cigarette. You know, <laughs> like Phil, it makes sense. He's been smoking cigarettes. He like, you know. Daisy smokes it, or Daisy yeah. chain smokes it, like, every day. Chain smoke. But, yes, chain smoke. But Peter, like, you'd think he, like, never touched a cigarette in his life, and he's just, like... He's just balling he's doing, out. He's doing, like, the French inhale. He's, like, going crazy. Making mad O's, dude. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> um, yeah, that's where I got ways. the impression. Um, so, so, backtracking to... Uh, George and Rose's marriage. They get married. They move into uh, another home. It's definitely a different location, right? No, it's no. the same. It's the same throughout the whole. Their, I don't know why. It's I their ranch. It's their family. Yeah, it's the ranch that they they built. Because remember, there's that scene where the parents come and the governor comes, and George is like, "Hey, Phil, I want you to show up. Like, come inside." And Phil's, but he's like, "You need to wash up first. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But we'll, with his but parents. We'll get there. So Phil and George move in. Or Rose and George move in. Right. With- so and Peter have uh Peter has his own room. And I don't know if you notice, but when he's first settling into his own room, there's a rope under the window and it says in case of fire. You're just supposed to use that rope and heave yourself out the window, Captain America style, just to oh, leave I- the building. I remember seeing that. I mean, you know, there's nothing better than that. But so sorry, I keep we keep going back to stuff. Phil is um is opposed to George and Rose's marriage because he thinks that Rose, you know, the widow, she's just using him or their family or their business for the money, right? He keeps saying like, Oh, you know, she's just, you know, dating you or married to you so she can fund that boy's education, blah blah blah. Uh, and Phil gets so mad that he even writes a letter to his parents, who they never have names. They're just called the old lady and the old gent. <laughs> I watched this with subtitles on because I felt like I would have missed stuff had I not yeah, seen yeah, it. Yeah, I did too. It's explicitly, like, their names. Yeah. I'm assuming that's their names in the book as well. Um, but he writes to them, and then George is like, did you tell mom and dad? And he's like, I sure did. Yeah. They're, the parents were, weren't even, like, legit. like legitimate characters i wonder if in the book they actually had some sort of role but they might have been they even when 
even at the end they had very little lines and very little like like sustenance not sustenance substance to them mm-hmm. yeah so they were um, kind of odd and just almost felt like they were thrown in there just to show that they had parents and george was working towards something meaning yeah he, he wanted to follow follow yeah. the footsteps and own the ranch and and be their kind of person you know yeah um before they before rose and george actually move in or before they move rose in to phil and george's house they send peter off to college he's like shown in a dorm where it's like here's here are all your duties blah 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 and then rose is nervous um but while they're okay so this is so the next scene so they check peter into his college right the next scene they're driving in a car and did you know this was filmed in New Zealand? Do you remember in the beginning of the movie? It's, I did, it's yeah. like it's like this is a part of the um it was a part of some random production company that was based in New Zealand. Um but <laughs> there was some there were some oddly modern shots in it where it's like a winding road and then you see um you see, you know, their like model T car driving. And I was like, why does this look like a car commercial? Like this the, the cinematography in that scene just like totally stood out to me once again it took me out of the movie a little bit and i was like is this like you know was this movie partly sponsored by like new zealand well, what so they could like show it off we're so how how long were um like not roads created but in montana in 1925 did they have those long roads to desolate locations like that oh i'm sure they didn't i mean i'm sure like you know it, we know that phil and george are kind of like uber rich right like they, they have so much money that they decide to burn cow pelts or cow hides like they don't need that money but to me i was just saying like it was a weird stylistic choice to have like this big yeah. like like drone shot of these of these remarkably beautiful new zealand mountains um but yeah that was just my little comment but then we see that phil and george or george and rose come out and George, is, he seems honestly happy. He's like, Rose, I'm just happy that I have someone to love. They try to dance a little bit. Um, and then we go to the scene where Phil and Rose like meet officially for the first time as in-laws. And it's a little little tense. Well, because Rose, like, Rose slowly starts losing her mind. One thing Phil is legitimately good at is playing mind games with people. And that's the other reason you can tell that he's an, an intelligent character is because he's manipulating these these characters in different ways specific to them. So, like, he manipulates Peter, or he manipulates Rose, or he manipulates wanna... George in three separate ways. I think there is uh, another point you could talk about, too, where it's like, is he legitimately helping Peter, though, at some points, because uh, Rose is actually becoming an alcoholic, and he, like, just tells Peter that immediately. Like, is he actually helping him there, or did he kind of bring Rose to start drinking like that? True. Yeah, he's he's almost like, <laughs> he was like, he created her in in her alcoholism, and then was like, your mother is a drunk? Well, she <laughs> was, she, she was a sober person. She, she had an alcohol addiction beforehand, I believe, and this is her resurfacing. Yeah, so what caused it specifically, because... There was her fear of playing instruments for uh, George and Phil's parents, but Phil he didn't have also... that fear until until Phil like messed with her though. 
Yeah. I, I honestly, so this goes into one of my major gripes with the movie where I felt like there was a huge chunk of information we were missing. The movie didn't do enough to fill in what the book had done. So while you guys think like, I didn't think Phil was that much of a bully to Rose, at least from what we've seen in the movie. Sure, you can infer it, but I felt like that was more of like them telling us than rather them showing us. I don't think there was some like crazy mind games being played. I almost felt like Rose's reaction was a bit like dramatic. So when I had done some research after the fact, there's this huge, um, there's sort of like this huge chunk of the story that they're missing. So compared to the book, this omits five whole years where Phil and Rose's and Peter's, you know, husband slash father, they're actually friends. It begins five years earlier. So Dr. John Gordon and Phil Burbank, oh, okay. they're friends. Um, we see that, and it, this kind of goes into it later, but Peter's dad, he he's viewed as like kind of like a kind guy. He doesn't charge patients when he treats them. Um, and he's a little disappointed because he hasn't been able to give Rose like the life she wants, right? People think he's a bit soft. Um, and for some reason, uh, so Peter, I think, <laughs> I think they casted the actor really well, but Peter is inherently like a sick kid. Like he is, he's like, he's not, you know, the healthiest kid when yeah, he's the born. the guy looked ill, like he, the whole movie. <laughs> whoever he is, I think his name is, yeah, Cody Smith McPhee. Um, he, like, they cast him really well, but he kind of plays like a really like, head in the clouds kind of kid which i'm assuming is true to the character of the story but but to some point he's just he's not head in the clouds he's more uh science driven and medical driven you know he's you can tell he's also like super smart especially yeah, more by like the a savant sort of thing yeah or maybe like maybe he was like on the spectrum sort of thing like he's definitely like you know he didn't have the social graces right, right. uh because there's a lot of scenes where people are, like, trying to, like, you know, nag at him or, like, bully him. And he's just, like, in his own world staring at, like, rabbits or birds. Or, like, he's much more uh, concerned with, like, the natural world than he is with, like, society, I think. Um, but so part of the, the thing that really, like, ties everything together for me. So Peter gets bullied at school. And then um, John Gordon, he runs into Phil. He gets yelled at by Phil. And then he beats John. John doesn't really recover from this, and so he starts self-medicating this sort of trauma with alcohol. And then later in the movie, we see that uh, that Peter talks to Phil about. He's like, "I, I, you know, I found my father hanged himself. I had to cut him down." Um, and so the thing that clicks for me that the, the movie didn't say is that Peter and Rose probably knew what happened, like the relationship between John and Phil, right? And so now that I went, I. Now that I like reviewed the events of the movie, knowing that Rose had already known what Phil was, had kind of, you know, like so greatly traumatized her husband into like killing himself. That's when it makes sense for me where she's like just looking at Phil and she's like whimpering. She's like crying. She starts drinking in that alley. Remember that to me makes more sense. And it also makes more sense why Peter like right. is okay with killing Phil. That to yeah, me also it, didn't make sense. Yeah, it almost... Yeah, so... It, wait, it, wait, wait, wait. What do you mean Peter killed Phil? Remember, he, he got the anthrax leather, and he saw that Phil had that open wound. Okay, so, so let's, like, let's, let's track back just a little bit. So, yeah. 
Uh, Peter Peter finds Phil uh, in his secret location where I assume him and Bronco Henry like were intimate and kept the magazines and, and all that stuff. And, yeah, so yeah. there's also a scene where in that same scene, so like all the cowhands go to the river to wash up. Phil, uh, Phil, he goes off to a separate aisle and then we see that he has like this scarf and the scarf originally belonged to Bronco Henry. I didn't actually get it. I didn't understand what was happening when I saw the movie, but going back, he's like pleasuring himself with the Bronco Henry scarf. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I didn't. I didn't get that at first. Like the scene's very quick. You see a lot of uh, you know Cumberbatch, but right. Um, but dude has a nice ass. Not gonna lie. Honestly, high key, high key. Agree. <laughs> <laughs> Aiden, rate uh, one to ten no yeah yeah dude he has a solid seven seven and a half i think he was flexing it for the camera too just I think he was, better for he was me puckering oh. up <laughs> um <laughs> i need to hear that number aiden uh, nah it's not even on the scale so i got like a 12 <laughs> Ooh, damn okay <laughs> um yeah so but so that scene we see a bunch of uh like male physique it's not really like you know provocative it's male physique uh images you know of these like strong men with a bunch of muscles and he wrote bronco on the cover of that which is to assume Ooh, that's that, you a know, good note i did not even see that yeah no you see that the first magazine we see it says bronco on it uh and we can only assume that he you know used that as material to imagine bronco henry um or it was and, bronco's and... magazines that maybe he didn't write on it and bronco wrote his name on it I, I think I like my interpretation, but yours is also it could be valid. I think it was more of like a, you know, kind of like a like a nudie mag sort of situation. Right, right. What do you think, Aiden? Uh, I I didn't even notice that it said Bronco on it to be honest, but uh, I could see since he also had Bronco Henry's scarf, I could see like Ethan's interpretation slightly better. Just he has Bronco's stuff. Like yeah. he got it from Bronco and he keeps all of it there. And right. He, uh, additional onto that. He also kept his, um, his saddle. saddle. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we, we come out of that and Peter and Phil start becoming friends. And this is when, so this is when it gets a bit fuzzy and, and your additional background look into the book, Jake is, uh, it's kind of good because you don't really know why i mean you understand that phil is kind of tormenting rose but you don't really get the whole picture like you would have if you if you uh, looked back into the book and uh phil starts teaching peter things because peter's keeping phil's secret that he's gay because he you know sees probably sees himself in peter uh in some in in, in uh, i believe in a gay manner that he, he's like oh okay this kid might be gay i have some way to relate to him um, i also think he wants to like toughen him up like if they viewed like if we take that extra context of like people viewed phil's or peter's father as soft mm -hmm. he's like i don't want you know i don't want you the same thing happening to your father to happen to you let me you know give you these traits that at least make you look a little bit more like you know sturdier right. a bit more manlier a bit more like of the time right and I, I think another thing was he he saw uh, Bronco Henry in him as well because he had a couple of notes where he said, like, uh, what was it, the, the mountain 
oh, um, Peter or Peter saw the mountain and immediately saw the dog face in the mountain that Bronco showed Phil. And then there was something like, oh, uh, when they were fixing the, the logs around the hay bales or the fencing around the hay bales, they said, uh, what was it? They said something along the lines of like, oh, what, what, how old was Bronco right, Henry right, when he started right. riding? Yes. And he's yeah. like, oh, about your age. Right. Um, but yeah, so going back to the mountain, which I think is more of a literary thing than like in the movie, yeah. but we see the scene beforehand where they're asked a bunch of like cow hands are asking Phil, like they're, they're like, Oh, um, what do you think's out there? Like, tell me about Bronco Henry's like Bronco Henry just had an eye for things. Like he could see things that most people didn't see. Um, and they think that there's like gold or something in the mountain. But, um, when Phil and Peter have this conversation, immediately peter is just like oh it's a barking dog like they see it i see it or it's like a wolf or something right but something along those lines is like and phil is is taken aback he's like what he's like yeah i see it and it's funny as soon as they said what it was like i saw it i thought it was like a big shadow but it was really just on a certain part of the right. mountain um did you end up seeing it eh? yeah yeah as soon as they said it like like jake just said yeah it just kind of forms so you said barking dog you just look off to the right a little bit and it's smaller but it's there yeah, so um, this this is all him like growing with Peter a little bit, teaching him to become a little bit more sturdy and getting close. But secretly Peter still has that vengeful feeling towards him. Just wants uh his mom to be safe all this. So he- here's where you're probably um that this might catch catch you up if you're wondering that Phil peter killed phil is when they went to the uh they went on that horseback ride into the mountains and they found a dead cow so to recoup the loss of all the pelts that were sold to the native american um, by rose to get back at phil peter used that that uh that felt not felt hide hide yeah use that hide to allow phil to um make or braid the rope but there was a couple of signs in the beginning saying like oh he's never used dead animals he's very careful about not using dead animals and peter having that uh science and medical background knew that there would be um the anthrax on the dead animal yeah so um there are times where in the beginning of the movie when they're doing this initial cattle drive to town where they meet rose um they see a cow with anthrax and they call it like something with a black leg and they're uh and there's a specific line where phil is like oh just stay away from it just you know like he you, you can the movie establishes that he's very good with avoiding you know diseased animals and then at some point when peter realizes that his mother is drinking he's just uh and he's been taught how to ride a horse finally between him and phil like that's kind of the start of like this sort of like student teacher relationship um peter just starts riding uh and he comes across a a cow with anthrax he takes a bit of the sample for himself and then um when at some point phil establishes that like they uh when they have leftover hides they uh they burn them instead of giving them to the native americans probably for some racist reason 
um phil gets really no, mad I, I don't think it was a racist reason i think it was um for bronco henry and i bet something in the book would say more about why he burned them but uh it, it, he he just he specifically burned them it's not like at least in the movie it didn't describe him as having a vendetta against the native americans or anything like that so i'm wondering if bronco henry maybe burned the hides for some reason or used the hides in some way and if uh you know phil wanted other people to use it for that either that specific reason or in solidarity would burn the burn the hides possibly i feel like it kind of just characterizes phil more if he's a racist i feel like people wouldn't bat an eye if yeah. they were like phil is all of these things and racist and racist so you I must think, not um, like him also there's like uh phil did say like i needed them i needed those like so i feel like there was something that he was gonna use them for specifically maybe not just burning them or maybe he just the lasso but... i think it was just for the lasso yeah, um, I, I was stuck between those because he said I needed them, and then Phil used it for either the lasso or rope or, or whatever he used it for. Um, he used Peter's hides, but the the maid inside said he she was she, she oh, sorry she said Phil was just gonna burn them, and she he doesn't want anybody to have them. So I'm like I'm a little caught yeah. up there. I don't really know. Yeah, also, neither did I. Wait, so. So I didn't even notice this in the movie, but you guys are saying that those hides were gone, and then Peter gave Phil the hide that he had, but they had anthrax on them or whatever, right. and he did that on purpose so that he would die. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So Correct. he he did he. You can, he gets a cut in his hand. Yes, and that's when, when Peter knows he has to use it. He's like, "Oh, that's deep." So he's like noting that he knows he knows how. Phil makes the makes the rope. He knows he has to like clean it and use it this way. So by putting his hands all over it and cleaning it and putting it in the same liquid that his hands are in and, and the anthrax is in, would give him that disease or potentially give him that disease. And I think I kind of uh, did notice. Sorry, I kind of did notice like at the very end when uh, George, I guess it is George and Rose. Is mm -hmm. it George? Yeah, yeah. George. Um, when George and Rose get back, they're kind of happy, and then I noticed that Peter like turned and like smiled, like so. I, I wasn't sure. I was like, "The heck are all them so happy for?" Or especially Peter. I figured because I didn't know that he actually tried to kill him, but yeah, um, I I figured like, "Oh, this guy taught me so much. He w I would have been at least a little sad." But he like turned around smiling, and I was like, "Oh damn!" Yeah, there was the I mean there was the smallest indication if you didn't like know that he was actually gonna. Um, use the anthrax he was talking to phil and they were they were on the subject of him being too too soft and him or uh him meaning um uh, peter cut down his dad after he hung himself yeah he's like i found my dad he hung himself and then they went on a little bit and he said my dad actually thought i was too strong didn't have enough emotion or something like that and then phil was just like too strong he got that wrong you know he said that so mm -hmm. he was almost saying you know he had no emotion whatsoever and you can this this actually even goes back farther now that i'm thinking about it, it was when he caught that rabbit and the the, <laughs> the girl's like can can i uh can i go feed the rabbit uh, and he's like he's not hungry 
<laughs> he keeps shooing her out of the room, yeah. and then she realizes she's like, oh, fuck. Yeah. And you see that he's dissecting it, because he wants to be a doctor. Yeah. And I think in an important part, like, from a modern perspective, going back to what Aiden was saying about, like, not getting the anthrax bit, like, um, I think that it's important to note that because Peter is trying to be a doctor and a surgeon, he probably understands, like, pathology and, like, virus transmission or disease transmission a lot better than a lot of people. Because you would think if most people were under the impression that, like, oh, anthrax plus wound is gonna, um, is gonna kill a person, and, you know, the, the, uh, the coroner at the end of the movie says, George, I think it's anthrax, and George is, like, so confused, but they would have understood that, like, oh, you know, we get anthrax from these cow hides, um, and Phil was making a cow, like, a, something with cow hide for Peter, you would almost immediately think, like, oh, it's obvious Peter killed, like, phil you know but i think a lot of people in this time probably wouldn't be aware of any of those medical facts yeah. so it's kind of like a a, a a nice way to hide what actually happened because you think that almost everyone could assume just be like oh like those things just make so much sense together and there's like no other explanation to to uh to go to you know but i think because peter's a smart kid and he's learning about all this stuff just like his father that things really just like perfectly play out like that yeah yeah i think that was a i mean props to the writer who thought about that shout out to thomas savage wait is that actually his name yeah the power of the dog is written by thomas savage fantastic um yeah i think a big portion of the the story that we haven't gotten to that kind of more displays the sort of the mental breakdown of Rose is the dinner party. So we see that, like, Rose, um, even before her and George get married, uh, the inn that she's working in has a piano. It's also one of those fancy, like, mechanical pianos that plays it themselves. But some of the customers, when Phil's party comes in, they're like, hey, Rose, play the piano. And she's like, no, I only did it for the movies. Like, I'm not that good, blah, blah, blah. And when Rose and George eventually do get married, um, the governor and his wife are going to show up because they really want to meet Phil. I think that's the important thing. They see that Phil, uh, we learned the context he was in like Phi Beta Kappa or something at Yale. But he was, yeah, Phi Beta Kappa at Yale. Um, but he's like this smart guy and they want to meet him, I think almost to kind of suss him out to see like what the, what the hell is this like college uh, graduate doing, you know, in this ranch in Montana. Um, but uh, George keeps like, uh, saying to Rose, like, hey, you're going to play. Like, you're great. You're going to be fantastic. You're going to play. And she gets to that point at the dinner party where she's almost isolated, right? How, did you notice that she was quiet? She was looking down. She was, like, not at all. Um, yeah, she wasn't. She almost wasn't acting like a person in general. Like, she was... a host. Yeah. Um, but she tries to play, like, a few notes, and she just, like, breaks down. And then when Phil comes in, I thought this is the point where it makes sense where Phil and Rose, like, He's, like, bullying her, belittling her, whatever you want to call it. Um, I thought that part made the most sense. But uh, I feel like the dinner party, like, it's one of those things in the book where it would make so much sense, right? It would make a ton of sense where, like, we could go through Rose's perspective and explain, like, how she felt and all of this stuff. But I felt like in the movie it wasn't well um, explained because by that point quick. she's already an alcoholic. Yeah. Is very quick, and that was just a brief moment, but it's almost like showing her break. In this two-hour movie, 
can I just say, this was a two-hour movie. It's just so long. It didn't need to be. I want to know how many pages the book was, but, like, it was so long. I'm going to look it up real quick. Uh, I will, but you guys keep talking. <clears throat> but, so, going back to killing um, Phil. The rabbit? Oh, Phil, yeah. Okay, so there was two. there was two scenes where Peter kills a rabbit, both of them hilarious, because there was the one where the girl comes in and she's like, uh where's the rabbit can i see him he's like he's not hungry it's like well because his stomach is on the table my man like of course <laughs> he's not hungry that rabbit was open it, it was, was crazy. full open 304 <laughs> pages that, that i just want to say that that's a that's yeah. a sizable book that's huge for me that rabbit was spread eagle on that table was not eating a single carrot no chance and then there was the second rabbit where they were like how many logs to take off the rabbit to, to see if it runs? Yeah, it was like a childhood game. When they yeah. saw a rabbit go under a log pile, they would throw logs onto it and see how many logs it would take. They would throw logs off of it to get closer to the rabbit. Because oh, okay. the, the, more, the more logs you put on there, the safer the rabbit would, you know, quote-unquote, like, not, f like, feel, you know what I mean? Not necessarily, like, that was its emotion. It would be like, mm -hmm. all right, I'm fine under here. But the more you take off, the closer you're getting to it, so then it would take off. It would run. And uh, they take off one, and then the the TP little thing collapses onto it, breaks its leg, and uh, Peter takes it out of the takes it out, and Phil's like, "All right, well, it broke its leg. Put it out of its misery." And before, almost before he's even done saying that, Peter just like just like pets it. It's like it's gonna be okay, and then just goes crack like so smoothly and <laughs> peter's face is in complete shock like he's like oh god damn that guy they're like that kid can do that to me like 100 percent. yeah i think phil like yeah i feel like phil gets these conflicted feelings where it's like oh this boy's you know i kept thinking that he was like a dandy which might be an offensive word uh now but that was like to me the perfect word to describe him where he's just like you know he's kind of lackadaisical he doesn't like reinforce the male stereotype but yeah. yeah, and then he's just like, wow, this guy, this kid can just, like, murder a bunch of animals and feel nothing. Yeah. So, anyway, I think... Uh, this uh, is where Phil gets his cut, which is super important. Yeah, so that is You important. never see him getting cut, but then you just see some blood on the ground, and Peter's like, oh, you're bleeding. Which, for the record, that's like a giant wound. That's like well, covering, like, yeah. the entirety of his palm on the other side, like the backside of his hand. Well, he you kind of do see when it gets cut because he goes, ah, damn it, or something like that and shakes his hand. When he's yeah, taking... Yeah, you know when it gets cut. Yeah. No, you see the wound. I'm just saying you don't, like... I don't know. I guess you don't explicitly... No, no, no. When, uh... when he picks up one of the things and he throws it, he goes, ah, and shakes his hand. But then he just, like, disregards it because, you know, he's, like, the manly man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I'm dumb. By the way, the, the river scene is, like, an hour 14 into it. It's like it's not it's not shown so early in the movie. That's fine. That's okay. Yeah, I'm trying to think what even happened in the beginning. Like you can see the the uh, beginning is they get married. The dinner party actually happens, and then immediately after, it's the river scene. The dinner. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's on me. I thought it, I thought it was like 20 minutes in, but I remember how much like I guess to cover a 304 five page book. I guess a two-hour movie does justify it, but this sounds like a boring book to read. I feel like you could cut out the first hundred pages. <laughs> no, yeah, I skip to the part where he cuts his hand. Yeah, it's pro <laughs> yeah, you skip right to the end. 
Uh, my hand's <laughs> bleeding. Here's some anthrax. Ta-da. You, you skip right to the sexy part of the river. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, and everyone's the, just like... The first scene starts. Bronco Harris jumps into the river with Henry. just his thong. Who cares? Who is Bronco Harris? The first, the first sentence There's of the no book. Bronco Harris. The first sentence of the book. Phil has a twelve out of ten ass. <laughs> it just is, it's just gay erotic like fiction for like a hundred just... pages, and then after that, it gets into the story. It's just the river scene. <laughs> um. So I think that's the main plot of everything, right? We yeah, see I think that we there's. Everything. We see that there's, um, so yeah, so, uh, Phil is, like, tying this anthrax cowhide in the river, or in some water to finish it off. The next day, he's, like, done. He's, like, out of it. He's bedridden. He, like, nearly falls down the stairs. He's trying to do some work. Um, and the last thing he does before heading into town, uh, to see a doctor is he's looking for Phil. Or he's looking for Peter. He's like, where's Peter? I gotta give him the lasso. Because I think at this point, Phil, like, really likes Peter. Or he's starting to see him more as, like... As a Bronco just... Henry, smart, also yeah. could potentially Potential. replace and and make him feel as if he's, uh, like, a true... Like, a, an actual human being instead of him having to run from his feelings, you know? Yeah. So, oh, oh, I forgot to mention. So, the way that we affirm that Phil's character is gay is while he's finishing off this anthrax lasso, we see that uh, Peter's super curious about Bronco Henry. He's like, oh, were you guys friends? He was like, we were more than friends. He was the best. He saved my life. There was a time where we were stuck in a blizzard and we slept in the same bedroll. Um, and like a weird thing is, or no, it's not actually weird. It's super prompted by what, um, what Peter sees in the river, but he says, oh, did you guys sleep naked? In which to Phil doesn't respond. Which is just kind of affirming to the both of them. Right. That yeah. That's what happened. And it, when I described this movie to my parents, and I told them about this scene, they literally said, Brokeback Mountain's already been done. I don't know what was so novel about this. And I was like, this is a book from 1967. So this, this is the precursor to Brokeback Mountain. Yeah. It's inspired Brokeback Mountain, if anything. Um, but then, was the next day... Did, was Brokeback Mountain a book beforehand? Uh, I can check. But... Um, but so yeah, we see that, uh, Phil tries to give Peter the lasso, but I think Peter has already gone back to school. No, he's just back in the house. He's just back in the yeah, house. Yeah, he's just too far for him to actually physically reach, because he's so ill. Yeah, we see that after that scene specifically, um, oh, it was a short story for Brokeback Mountain, uh, in 1997. Um, okay, still. but... The the next scene, we see that he doesn't give him the lasso. Next scene is just Benedict Cumberbatch. He's dead on, like, a coroner's table, like an autopsy table. We skip to the next scene. It's at the funeral, and that's where we have this, uh, not revelation, but we have this uh, information being told to George, where it's like, I think your brother died from anthrax. It's not conclusive yet. Uh, and then we have that scene, like you said, where Rose and Peter, they kind of, like, smile at each other. Was that Was that during that whole series of events it was it was right after because after the funeral then they're then they drive and they get back into the driveway and then they're at home and when they get out the car yes you see yes. from like you see from like peter's perspective yeah. yeah peter does not attend the funeral and george and rose come back in the car um they're like kissing and smiling 
they're not smiling, but they like kiss, you know, I guess as a consolation. Yeah, it's almost like a, a, I feel like it was almost a sigh of relief that they're like, okay, we can live our lives and move on from this rather than having to live in fear and dread, you know, any possibility of Phil ruining things. I think so, yeah. Um, but, and the big thing is, we see that Peter actually has the lasso, but he tucks it under his bed, which is kind of like, that could be another thing where it's like, oh, you know, he's like acknowledging that there's no like legacy left of Phil, like things are going to be turning a new page. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to include that in our, in our synopsis. So... Uh, so yeah, so what were your what were your guys' thoughts on the movie as a whole? Because for me, I was so like underwhelmed by the movie, especially because I had thought that Phil was gay going the into it. I'm glad beginning. I, yeah. I'm glad I, I hit that on the nose. Um, but also like, to me, all the questions I had were it's like, why is Rose behaving like this? Why does Peter kill Phil? Now that I have that new information, it all makes sense. But it almost seems like one of those things where it's like. I don't think, to me at least, this isn't a reputable book where it's like, oh my god, they made the film about it. So had I known if someone was like, you will better appreciate the film if you read the book beforehand, then you'll enjoy it more, you'll understand more things. But watching this as a standalone piece, I thought this movie was very incomplete. It was telling a story, but it wasn't telling everything. Right. You know? Well, you, have, I, adi- you have additional background where you looked at the, the book and... and had those pieces yeah yeah yeah. but still you can look back and say oh i I felt it was uh incomplete and the story didn't really show uh the in-depth nature of how much phil was screwing with rose and phil was screwing with peter and all this stuff too yeah so i my general thoughts were i thought it was a meh movie i thought it was all right I like the cinematog- cinematography. Yeah. Um, the music was all right. I don't think anything was amazing, but I didn't expect great music to come out of this. So when I after I finished this, actually, I was really interested on our our, our, our chief creative person here, which is Aiden, who is a who is a, a media studies major. I wanted to know your thoughts about like the whole like the artistry behind it. You know, like the camera work, the sound, the audio design. What thoughts did you have about it, Aiden? I mean, it's, I would say, pretty well-rounded in that aspect of it, especially because, like, the time period that it's in, I think it, it stayed true to that time period and didn't, like, sway too far yeah, from there, it. Yeah, so. there wasn't anything that really popped out to me anyway. Yeah. That for those like, car commercials. Yeah. Well, I, <laughs> honestly, I didn't even notice that, to be, to be honest. Like, they used, <laughs> I mean, they used the cars that were, appropriate for that time period um i i assume there were roads back then that were somewhat like that because there had to be some way but i understand how you're saying it was shot like a car commercial where it's winding down the mountain all this stuff but then also like like on the same topic of staying true to that time period like the first town that you see when they go and you see rose for the first time in that little tiny town and then their ranch as well like the settings were super simple but i don't know, like i like them and it makes for an easier production if it is a smaller area yeah I guess. and there was that great shot of just the um the not not the plantation but the the whole um the airbnb that they're staying in <laughs> and uh the mountain behind it 
Um, that was that was really nice. I like that. So, I don't know. From my perspective, it was well, well made. I mean, I enjoyed it. And like Ethan already said, like me and him are more. Uh, we can we can watch those slow, boring movies and yeah. kind of enjoy it rather than you know. It's funny you said that. I thought going into this movie as well, I thought it was going to be a slow burn. I thought like because you know the trailer said until long hidden secrets come to light right i thought this is going to be a slow burn we're going to see this like ramping up in intensity where uh between rose and peter and phil and then just like and it's just like okay i'm gonna kill him he's dead the next day you know like i thought there was going to be this sort of like climax and there really wasn't so that was just another another thing that i i had forgot to say but thank you for bringing that up i think this was just one of those movies where it was like to me, it felt like it was just a telling of events. You yeah. Know? It didn't feel like it followed, like, a traditional, like, storyline or story format. You know what I mean? Yeah, With, yeah. Like, no, it was movie. It was an, It was odd. Well, it was oddly written, but it was odd in a kind of interesting way for me. But um, it also ha- – it broke up the movie in a new not, – not new, but, you know, in a, in a way that you probably would have read the book in where it says, like, here's the different sections of the book um there's the time skipping and all that um but yeah i think so it's it's up for a couple of nominations and i don't know what those are off the top of my head and awards i don't think it's uh, i mean i don't know all of the movies that are out there that are up for these awards but i did receive seven nominations for the golden globes winning best motion picture for drama best Supporting actor for Peter and best director for Jane Campion, and ten nominations at the twenty seventh Critic Choice Award. So it won a gold. It won three Golden Globes. Do you guys think it it deserved to get best motion picture for drama? I mean, thing, is what it... what what was it going against? Right, that's the thing. Uh, I can look that up while we're talking. So, um, it, if it ask. was matched up against a bunch of other movies that had previously been in the golden globes i would say this is more of a an average movie you know um Uh, it's not like i could also good i was about to say i could also see i just this is kind of different so i don't know if i want to go into this or just go back to your point after but i could also see this being like a sequel to something so or not a sequel but you can make a prequel to it so that the rest of the book is involved oh i would i think i would have loved the first i I would have loved the prequel more than this movie yeah because it would have like jake was describing earlier you would have seen uh was it dave bring up john John okay at most average name in early 2000s pick one you know he sounds like a western doctor though like a cowboy doctor like dr john gordon okay yeah that that does john gordon um so so what jake was saying earlier that if you had all that information it would have kind of flowed better and you would have seen you know john kind of go into alcoholism and middle of the movie we could have put that in like that would have been the climax for me and then everything else would have made sense had they included that literally cut out the first 20 minutes of the movie shorten it by 20 minutes put those 20 minutes in where we see like a fucking uh, like montage of flashbacks between john and phil and then the birth of peter i kind of wanted to see peter come down his own father but that was just me um, <laughs> not even not even uh you want to describe i want to see not that. even uh 
like flashbacks or anything. You could take a half an hour out of the movie and then just say like put in right before you start this time of the movie, just say like however many years later and then continue it. You could put in Yeah, cuz they already broke it up like bunch. that. You yeah. know. But you know they didn't you know tell you the time frames, but they already broke it up to you know a couple years or a year or so flashing into the future. Might in a better well vision than what I have, you could see Peter cutting off the anthrax cowhide, right? I don't know. I don't think it would be fair to the autistic style of the movie to see him with, like, a plotting face on. But after the anthrax cowhide, then we cut back to this relationship between Phil and his dad. Or, but yeah, between Phil and Peter's dad. Or when they're talking about it by the haystack, that's when we cut back to it. Like a flashback? Yeah. You can see flashbacks coming in. I think that would have been... I thought that would have made the movie great. That could have been the climax. I feel like right? that far into the movie would have been kind of odd to just whip a flashback into it, maybe introduce it a little bit earlier, True. and then, you know, maybe maybe if you want to do flashbacks, but not through the whole movie, they hadn't gone to a single flashback, you know, and then just to whip out a flashback. Like, this was my dad, and this is how I cut him down. And you're just like, Jesus fucking True. Christ. <laughs> uh, sorry, and also, going... Going back to what movies this beat out for best motion picture drama for the Golden Globes, it beat out Belfast, which I heard about but I didn't know about. It beat out Coda, which I've never heard about, which is about the only hearing member of a deaf family. It beat out Dune, and it beat out King Richard, which I don't think deserved to be nominated for a Golden Globe or whatever. Did you watch, did you see Dune and did you see King Richard? Neither of them. Oh, okay. I heard so Dune I, I, is good, but Dune is the first movie in... Yeah, I heard it was just setting things up. Um, but but yeah, so uh, I definitely feel like had they put this in, this movie would have been like ten times better. I I think you did. You guys enjoy it though, like just yeah, your general. General, yeah. It was good. I think we also need to bring up uh, Ethan. He said that there's some article or something about what's it, what's the main actor's name? Benedict. Yeah, about him and, like, him judging his character or something. Yeah, know? there was that. There was a couple of articles that, um... Did he not like it, or what? Uh, I forget exactly what he said. Oh, I think, it, I, think I went back and read what he said, and it was very brief. Um, let me see if I can pull it up again. It was something about his toxic masculinity. Uh... So while you're looking this up, I was curious. So Ethan was the one who recommended this movie to us. Is there a reason you recommended it to us? Because you saw it first. So I wanted to know what your motivation was for wanting to talk about Just it. Just because there was so much on it. So it it got nominated. It had all these nominations. Um, it was more of a things were in sequence. Like it had more of a story to it that you can talk about each point. And it wasn't just like, okay, we can pick, you know, maybe a war movie or an action movie that we've seen today. Or say, say like, uh, Spider-Man, the new Spider-Man. It's, everybody kind of understands what it's going to be and what the outcome is going to be. It's like, I don't know, something a little different where it's not just like, and then there wasn't this action scene, then there was this action. You know, it has some little bit of a different take on, on, mm -hmm. uh movies on the cool cinematography all this stuff so i definitely think they were right i definitely think they were right to make this just a netflix exclusive movie because i don't know how many people would have seen this in theaters 
I mean, personally, I wouldn't see this in theaters. Like, had I seen a trailer and known all this about it, I, I don't think it would have been my cup of tea. Um, so it, what I'm what I'm going to there's a an article on NPR, and I think it was somewhere else that kind of quoted Benedict Cumberbatch, and he's like saying how he could instantly get the feel of the character as soon as he put his clothes on i think he tried to like not bathe or something for a couple <laughs> weeks and then then he was like damn i smell like shit and what a method actor yeah um and then there's okay let me let me read this real quick it's really Aiden, fascinating you're, you're, go ahead oh sorry i uh, know i thought you were i thought you were reading it out to or like reading it to yourself but if you're reading it out though no I, i'm gonna read it out i just found it <laughs> Yeah, you go. He said, what's really fascinating about bringing a character like Filber back into life is you're really looking under the hood of it. You're examining the causality behind that toxic masculinity. Um, and I think that's all he says about it. But some there was another place, not NPR, because it just takes uh, his, his words and completely um, slams it into the article. You know, there was somebody else that was like, oh, this is toxic masculinity i'm like no this guy's i i don't he's just a douchebag it's not like specifically i guess it's i don't even it doesn't make sense to me describing it as toxic masculinity i think because that word is thrown out so much it, it um it lacks any de any actual definition it's not specific anymore it's right. such a commonly used term because it, it refers to apparently to certain cultural norms that are associated with harm to society and men to themselves, traditional stereotypes of men as socially dominant. Um, so it's just saying like that dominant figure doing bad things, male. It often normalizes violence. I do think, I don't think while Phil, Phil, I think, I, I'm, I'm trying to formulate what I'm going to say. Phil is all about being a man's man. He's all about, you know, being tough. He does shut out his emotions. He doesn't really like to feel things for the most part, right? We don't really see him being vulnerable except for that river scene with Bronco Henry's scarf, right? Is there any other points where he's, like, vulnerable? Other than when he's dying, which um, I think death kind of, like, removes a little bit of your inhibitions because if Phil was like, this is my last thought is to give the lasso to Peter, you know? Yeah. Um, but he only really, like, shows himself to be more than just, like, you know, the 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 cow handler the cattle rancher uh you know who just does his job and gets by and lives the life that he's supposed to i don't think he breaks down at all other than that river scene i, I mean is that just him trying to keep his secret of being gay like well i mean there's definitely that, that privacy aspect to it but i mean there's plenty of times when he could have been by himself right like when he could have done that off screen off camera yeah, I'm saying just him being as masculine as possible when other people are around is to hide the fact that he's not straight. Well, for sure. I think that, that makes a ton of sense. I think that makes total sense. Especially when this took by, took place in 1925. Yeah. It's weird, though, that that concept of homosexuality was, like, so widely available in such a small town. You know what I mean? Do you know yeah. when, like, the... I feel like people have known about it for a very long time, and it's been an actual thing, but people just haven't addressed it until recently, and not, like, address slash socially accept it. 
Uh, well, yeah, I mean, with the whole, like, uh, uh, same-sex, like, marriage legalization stuff that happened a couple of years back, maybe, like, ten years ago? No, I but what I'm specifically bringing up is, like, I think... Like, in like culture? hundreds of years ago, it was known, if not thousands. Oh, I think it's, like, at least a Greek-Roman thing. Yeah. Because there's that weird practice of, like, uh, like, student teachers... Students and teachers, like, the teachers would uh you know bring themselves upon their students and that was supposed to be like a bonding thing that's I can also look it up but probably not i don't want to yeah. <laughs> you're like student teacher sex <laughs> i'll get a lot of videos on that yeah, just not, not anything relevant to um no there's um so what, what i was saying was i don't think it's weird for these people to know about it or to uh like have some idea that it exists it's more understandable that they kind of keep it on the low, hush-hush, because it is 1925. For sure, but I, I don't know. To me, it just seems like it would make sense for Phil, right? Phil, he went to college. This is said in the books and in the Wikipedia article I'm reading. He went there for classics, right? So, like, Roman and Greek, like, you know, like, ancient literature. So it makes sense for um, for him to know about the concept. But, like, your average kid, like, imagine you just grow up in the middle of Montana. How are you going to get exposed if people keep, get exposed to that information? Assuming that everyone keeps it hush-hush, no one's publicizing it. Like, I don't think, what parents are going to bring that up? Like, just a completely foreign concept. Yeah, not in that time, I guess, yeah. So that that's just where I'm coming from. Um, also, just a random note, there was not a gun to be seen this entire movie. Did anyone else notice that? Yeah, no I mean, what would they use all. it for? Only I don't know. It just seems like, like, I don't know. I feel like guns were available at that time, right? Yeah, maybe, but they weren't. They weren't used like the cowboy westerns show that they were used. They were. They no. were. They were used for like defense against wild animals, and they were mostly on the, on the, on their land and their fenced-in areas, you know. It wasn't like they were like, it's high noon, and then they just start like shooting each other in the face at 12 o'clock because the bell rung, as all other Westerns show. Mm-hmm. It was more of a, all right, there's a there's a coyote running next to our stuff. We need to kill coyote. it. Coyote. Coyote. Kids yeah. in Wilkes no, used that to was just that. A, that was just an observation uh, that I had, where it's just like, you know, this is like a Western era type movie, right? We could have. There were just no guns. We could have missed it. There could have been some like hanging up or like a gun closet I was or something. Looking at all the cow hands and everything. There was no reason to like bring that in. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, like uh, as a narrative element, there's no like Chekhov's gun in right. this. You know, yeah. so um, I just that was just a, a thing to mention. I think uh, before we we you know start to wrap things up, we have to talk about the end scene. Um, where Peter reads Psalm twenty two twenty, deliver my soul from the sword, my darling from the power of the dog, where the movie gets its title from, right? I feel like we kind of have to touch upon that. Yeah, sure. I don't get it. Uh, I'm, Same. <laughs> I'm not a biblical man. I don't think any of us are biblical men. No, but um, I, I looked into it, and I still don't understand what it means. So what were, what were you reading about? Like, what... What were the what was so the, thing? the only notes I have on why it was written was like, can you can you read the quote again? Yeah, it says, 
Deliver my soul from the sword, my darling from the power of the dog. So, I think it was something like Peter is, um, he's the soul being delivered from the sword. No, Peter? Yeah, Peter. And Rose is his darling, even though it's his mom. It's delivering her, or getting her away from the power of the dog. And the dog being Phil. That's all I've all I figured out about it. Uh, let's see. Oh, okay, cool. Screenrant.com. The power of the dog. Title meeting and final verse. Final Bible verse explained. Let's go off this. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. The implication is that Phil is the dog, and that the rest of the characters are saved from his power by his death. Like you're kind of saying, there are more correlations to be made from the context of the verse, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Bible verse explained. Um, it is understood that the dog from the text is Benedict Cumberbatch, but his power remains elusive and subject to viewer interpretation, yet it is undoubtedly present. George walks on eggshells around him, unable to reveal his true feelings or thoughts for fear of ridicule. Rose withers like a thirsty flower, uh, descending into oblique alcoholism, and gentle, artistic Peter becomes a murderer. Uh, the dog has power, yet the, do the, yet the power is merely suggested never executed phil's power comes from demeaning people um uh. so i don't even okay so it is psalm chapter 22 6 to 7 Let's see if I can find this. Aiden, talk about something about the movie while we, Hold on. While we do this so, religious ready? dive. <laughs> ready? Psalm 22, line 6. But I am a worm, not a man, scorned by everyone, despised by the people. Line 7. All who Sounds see like me nice mock guy. me. They hurl insults, shaking their heads. No, it's not even the verse. Incel, incel. It's, Everyone's out to get me. Everyone it, hates me. It's not even the verse. Kim maybe king james version i don't really know no same thing psalm 22 it's 22 and then colon 20 i guess for the line oh I, this one says okay so the whole thing starting with dogs surround me a pack of villains encircle me they piece my hands and my feet all my bones are on display people stare and gloat over me they divide my clothes among them and cast lots for my garment but you, Lord, do not far from me. You are my strength. Come quickly to help me. Deliver me from the sword. Okay, so it's like, God, save me from the sword. My precious life from the power of the dogs, the dogs that are encircling him. Rescue me from the mouth of lions. Save me from the horns of the wild oxen. So he's just calling on God to save him in this verse. So what I'm thinking is like, I guess Peter in this sense would be God. Nope, nope. I think I think if we take it literally, I think what? I think Peter may be the darling. <laughs> I don't think you can. I I mean, unless we're going by the interpretation that Peter is the darling, and the darling refers to a Christ-like figure, and Christ is God because of. No, that. no, no. I'm and I'm I thinking Rose is the darling that's getting delivered from the power of the dog, and Phil, asking Phil. for help. Phil is the dog 
Peter, Peter is God. He transcends all. I'm pretty sure in book number two, he wipes out the entire planet. With a giant plug. <laughs> with a, uh, with yeah. a huge, with a huge sword. All uh, right. I think this is a great place to end the. the yeah, we figured it out. Guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, but in all reality, I think we got all points. No, yeah, yeah that actually so, makes sense. So I think that um, I think to end this, we have to to give a rating out of five dead rabbits. Uh, so what are your guys' <laughs> ratings? I well, give this. Go ahead. I give this three out of five dead rabbits. I think this is a mediocre film. Um, that with the book, if I'd read the book beforehand, this would probably be like a four and a half out of five dead rabbits. Okay. And because we don't have that context, and I'm just viewing myself as the average viewer or like the average you know person. Uh, yeah, that's my rating. Hey, Aiden, how many dead rabbits? Uh, three dead rabbits and one dead cow. Damn! <laughs> Alright. Is, is the dead cow detracting from your score, or that's adding to your score? Uh, that's about a .5 addition to it, because it probably has anthrax as well, so... <laughs> nice. Uh, good callback, good yeah. callback. Three and a half, three and a half. Alright, I'm gonna do two... I'm gonna do... I'm gonna snap a rabbit in half. I'm not gonna do the anthrax cow. I'm gonna do three and a half rabbits, and, um... Seven Benedict Cumberbatch ass cheeks. So five dead rabbits. Wait, what? How you say that, that, dude? That's like a hundred out of five. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, I would say I would say three and a half. Slightly yeah, over I mediocre. I definitely think that uh, th this movie could have been better. I honestly, I think what we said about it, where we inserted that scene where we talk about the relationship between Phil and Peter and Rose's dad slash husband, I feel like that could have made this movie a Four lot full dead rabbits. Honestly, had I seen that, I probably, like I said, would have given it 4.5 dead rabbits. All right. All right. Well, thank you very much for joining the apartment complex, guys. <laughs> uh, the next movie we're watching is Dig's Disney's Coco. So... <laughs> We will also be rating it by Benedict Cumberbatch's ass cheeks and dead rabbits. Rabbits. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. Deuces.